Hello, everybody. My name is Richard C. Wilson, founder of the Family Office Club. And today I have with me Kyle Candlish from Spencer Financial Services as part of our 100 Tax Expert Interview Series. And today we're going to be talking with Kyle about self-insured medical expense reimbursement plans. Welcome, Kyle. Thank you, Richard. I'm glad to be here. Sure. Yeah. Happy to have you here as well. And so this is something that hasn't come up within any of our tax discussion panels None of the other tax experts, uh, over 50 of them we've talked to, have brought it up. And we were just chatting about how most people you, you interact with have not heard of this. That's very different than some tax strategies like um, cost segregation, which is very commonplace, or conservation easements, where people might know about it, but may think it's a little bit too aggressive for them. So just on a high level, um, what is a um, self-insured medical expense reimbursement plan? Well, uh, self-insured medical expense reimbursement plan, or SMERP, as some people like to call them, are, are basically what they are is a reimbursement plan for healthcare expenses. Um, this was made basically possible through the Affordable Care Act um, when healthcare became required. So sure. what, what the IRS did was put in a section of the tax code. It's um, section 105.11 that allows individuals to be employees to be reimbursed for medical expenses um, through studies. And there's, it, it varies who you will talk to on the studies. Um, they, they give a range between 12,000 to $8,000 of what an average family spends in healthcare expenses annually. So being that healthcare expenses are mostly tax deductible, once you get to a certain level, um, they put this in as a, as a option for businesses to provide for their client, for their employees. Okay. And so when I think about things related to this, I think about a health savings account, like an HSA account. Yeah. And I know that um, if you track your healthcare expenses that you can reimburse yourself later and protect some of that from taxation or do it in real time each year. And it's limited to so many thousands per year for high deductible insurance plans. Yeah. This is different because it is available for employees or it's available for a company that has employees and it makes it so that their health burden, their healthcare cost burden um, is not as deep and it's put in place by the employer. Is that, is that the case here? Yes, it's, it's actually going to work similar to an HSA. Okay. In terms of uh, you're going to have a high deductible plan for your employees. So it's okay. going to work very similar. And then they're going to be able to get expenses reimbursed through, through the plan that you're setting up. And so that's where you end up saving your healthcare expenses because you're not paying as much for your health insurance for the employees. And yet they're still getting the same benefits that they would have had you not implemented the strategy. So um, who should not be doing this? It seems like it'd be a good fit for almost everyone. I would guess someone who does not have a high deductible plan may not qualify like HSAs. They don't really define exactly what that means, I found, but high deductible. Um, is there anyone else who should not be doing this or is it, it doesn't make sense for a really small business or a huge business or what, what, what's kind of the exclusions on this or things that make it not make sense? So it, it varies by, by firm implementing the strategy. Um, there's firms that go down to three employees working 30, uh, 30 hours a week or more. And okay. then some go to five 
but so kind of the range is three to five. But the real big key is uh, businesses without high turnover. So if, if you own a chain of fast food restaurants, there's a good chance that's not going to be a good fit, though I do know there's individuals that will make a career for that. Um, so they may qualify. It just kind of depends on how everything works out. Um, we've, we've done high-end restaurants because with tips and wages, it works well, but you get your lower chain restaurants. It's not always going to be a fit. Um, so that's kind of the big key. Okay. And so if I understand correctly, then, um, the company can offer the health insurance and it's going to be less cost to the company to offer a better quality plan because of the tax benefits derived from here. Um, but then the tax benefits for the employee, um, how does that how does that benefit come out or where does where does that impact them directly? So it varies on different strategies. So there's there's one firm that uh, will allow you to basically reduce FICA. So it's going to reduce FICA on both sides um, for the employee and the employer, because basically what you're able to do is reduce gross payroll by twelve thousand okay. dollars. That there you'll get your savings as well as it'll end up re reducing work comp because of the standpoint that you're, again, reducing your gross payroll. The employees never see a dollar changed in terms of less in their payroll sometimes because they might be changing actual tax brackets. They might actually see a slight income from their, um, their net pay. It okay. doesn't always happen that way. Um, so it, it kind of varies between how it would work for a certain individual. Okay. And then um, are there any other rules or areas of the tax code that this impacts um, or industries where this makes um, even more sense? Like we know that high turnover does not make as much sense. So obviously the opposite is who it's best for the low turnover. Um, is there any other rules or specialty industries that should pay special attention to this? Um, I like to focus on on the businesses with high work comp because again, it's going to benefit more. Um, other than that, it, it's great for every business because you're going to reduce your health care because you're going to get those the reimbursements from from the deductibles. It's going to work out well. Um, and then you have other benefits that can kind of that can happen. So there's a firm that allows that gives you 24 seven access to the Mayo Clinic. So that's going to be a portal for your business. If you're if you have an employee that's the child is even sick, you can log on, they can give you the health care that's needed. And then they didn't have to go to their doctor, which activated your health insurance. And it, it makes it better for for the business. Right, right. Yeah, it makes sense. Okay, great. And um, I'd be happy to connect anyone with you that wants to learn more about this because we just have a couple minutes here to, to talk about the concept. And obviously there might be some other nuances or they might want to work with you to get help on this. Is there any last comments or insights or kind of pitfalls of this that people should watch out for before we wrap things up that you wanted to make sure and mention? Uh, I mean, the biggest pitfall that, that I would say is make sure that you have that you don't have the high turnover and that that's going to really, really hurt the whole process. And even if you have new employees, you basically want them to be there for at least a year 
Okay. So that's kind of the big pitfalls. Some some groups won't even implement unless the employee's been there for three years. But okay. that to me doesn't necessarily make sense because of the standpoint they could leave right after the implementation. So there, you know, that's kind of how I look at it when it comes to implementing is I want the employee to at least be there a year so that they can receive the benefits that they're going to get from the plan. Right. And I know that typically getting health insurance for my team, you know, you have to offer the same plan that's, you know, equivalent for the whole team. Yeah. And we have pretty low turnover. You know, we've got like a 15, 16 person team and we typically have maybe one, two, at most three people leave in a year. And we're usually hiring, you know, two, three, four people in a year, et cetera, mm-hmm. sometimes more in a good year. Um, so there's always like a little bit of turnover, but definitely not a high percentage. And I think normal right. businesses always have, you know, one or two people there just testing out or who have uh, wanted to move on. So that type of normal turnover is fine. Um, you're yeah. just talking about like when it's 30% of your workforce turning over a year or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or if you're having part-time employees, basically, cause that's not going to work. Um, it, you know, so that's kind of the big berries. Okay. Great, great. Well, um, if anyone would like to work with Kyle directly, you know, just let us know. We're happy to connect you to him. And, um, you know, he's from Spencer Financial Services. You can also connect with him uh, directly if you would like to. And we hope that you can come back sometime. I know you've been helpful to us in connecting with some other tax experts during this process. We definitely appreciate that. and hope you can come to one of our events as a guest sometime down the road. Sounds good. Great. Thank you, Kyle. Thanks, Richard.